just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. Second and four. Bajan. Oh, wide open over the middle is DJ Moore. Football comes out, and the Saints have it. Mistake from DJ Moore. I mean, yeah. this has been one of their most consistent and reliable players. You mentioned it, the progression. But he comes in, Plays and just dead. a beautiful punch right there at the end. You know. Bajan, plenty of time. Now fires, and it's picked off. Adebo on the interception. Paulson Adebo. Bajan steps up over the middle, intercepted again. And it's Adebo again. His second of the day, and the third pick by Tyson Bates. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by AGI Specialty Valves and Zapardo's Family Market. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Sean Haspel. Allison is uh, TBD, whether she'll join, but we got Bryce in the house tonight. Um, it's a... It's a good week, you know. Our our fortunes have <laughs> they've completely reversed from a couple weeks ago. The Saints beat the Bears 24 to 17. They now sit at 5 and 4 in sole possession of first place in the NFC South. If the season ended today, they'd be the fourth seed in the playoffs. They would host a playoff game. Life would be good. Um yeah, Sean, this you weren't on the pod last week, but this game went like exactly the way we thought it would, where we kind of played down to our competition, yep. struggled to beat a dumpster fire of a team, didn't cover the spread. But when it's all said and done, the offense actually looked pretty decent. We forced five turnovers. And I, like, I'm not going to complain about a win. So tell me, what was not BS? about this game uh the saints i don't know man it, it was it was such a it was such a strange game what was not bs um the red zone offense looked pretty good uh i, I mean Derek carr had a red zone touchdown which is nice uh he threw two touchdown passes on the day uh, chris Olave got in the end zone for the first time this season which is almost hard to believe, but um, very much needed score for the currently troubled wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints. But it was it was a weird game, man. Um, it was <laughs> it almost was like a, a tale of two halves. Uh, the defense had maybe their worst first half, at least. The second half of the Bucks game was, was, was pretty bad, but the first half of this game was was really bad at the defense. I mean, the uh, the Bears they only scored 14 points, but they moved the ball a ton, um, and uh, we couldn't stop the run at all. I mean, on the game, I mean, we gave up 156 yards rushing to the Bears uh, the whole game. Um, the Deontay Foreman averaged over four yards a carry. Tyson Bajant ran for 70 yards on eight carries. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in, right. in what is BS about the game, but we st- we still struggle to 
contain mobile yeah. quarterbacks. And but 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 also in the offense, but but in the first half, the offense like was moving the ball and, and scoring as well. So it was uh it was 14 all going into halftime. Uh very yeah. strange. As terrible as the defense looked in the early goings, I wasn't really concerned about it because we kept up with them. Right. You know, right. I think if if this script had played out four weeks ago, we would have gone into the half down fourteen to nothing. Yeah. And we would totally. have thought that like it was a, an unsurmountable obstacle to get back into a game like that. But we we kept up, and uh, you know Andrew Juge of Saints Happy Hour Pod made an interesting point that the last few games have all followed the exact same script of the defense takes the first they take the first half to adjust, and then in the second half they hold the opponent to like a field goal or less and if we've kept the game close enough, usually we pull away in the second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, five, five turnovers definitely helps with that. Right. We were, so we were plus five in the turnover margin. Like credit to the offense. We didn't turn the ball over at all, which is always a positive. Um, Derek Carr hasn't thrown a pick um, in the last couple games, I don't think. And uh, defense, like despite their leaky yardage, they um, they buckled down in the second half. Um, gave up only three points uh, in in the whole second half, and yeah, end of the day with plus five uh, in the turnover category. So and then they basically completely shut down the Bears in the second half and gave a lot of short fields to the offense though. But then the offense kind of struggled down the stretch too, um, and part of it and and it's been written and talked about elsewhere is that on one hand, while our offensive line uh, and who would have thought that moving Andrews Pete back out to left tackle um, might actually help fix the O-line. The pass protection has been better uh, in the last few weeks. Um, They didn't give up any sacks this week and Montez Sweat of the Bears big new acquisition. He was screaming off the edge. Um, begging to sack their car, but um, no, no sacks this week, but our run blocking has been terrible all year. Um, we only put up 87 yards on the ground on 27 carries. That is not going to cut it. And no. 52 of those 87 yards were from Taysom Hill. Like, I, I don't know want to call them plays gadget plays. Cause I think that's like a little, like reductive and disrespectful because they're like real football plays. Like they, they gain real yards and like they win us games, they score us downs, et cetera. But um, we have to work really hard to gain yards on the ground. And that's how you close out teams. Yeah. And it's not a sustainable model going forward. And like we've said on previous pods, we've got too much financial and draft capital invested in this O-line for it to not be a good ground game. Um, Yeah. That, I don't know if Doug Marone is just not, not resonating with these guys, not coaching them up, but, uh, but yeah, lots of work to do on the O-line. And so we still haven't really played like a full game of complimentary football yet this year. Besides, I would say like that Patriots game, and they are not a good team. So like, no. you can't really take it away from that. But, but like, 
<laughs> I feel like all of our podcasts are the same because it always comes down to the same thing. Is like, so we're now like zooming out. We're five and four on the season. Sole place of uh, sole pos- sole po- sole possession. That's the word. Sole possession of first place in the NFC South after the Falcons and the Bucks have had like crushing losses over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, that was incredible to watch on Sunday. Yeah. Our, our NFC South foes crumbling to uh, not great opponents. I like no. the, well, so like the Panthers are just a total disaster. I kind of feel bad for Frank Reich. Like, I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Um, he got kind of screwed in Indianapolis, but Bryce young, uh, as I predicted is trash. He is he is fucking living in a garbage pail. He sucks. Um, I don't think he'll ever be good. And they seem like they're going to be in the the dumpster for a long time. And then you have the Bucks that have like sacrificed their soul to beat us, and then have yeah. totally collapsed since. I mean, C.J. Stroud strafed them. Yeah. On on Sunday, and it like, was arguably the greatest game a rookie quarterback's ever had. It was it was statistically the greatest game, yeah, ever played by rookie QB. Four hundred seventy yeah. yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, and um, that was without they were down a starting receiver too. Uh, yeah. Robert Woods was out, so. Um, and then you have uh, the Falcons that yep. are coached by like the most infuriating head coach in the. I, I we complain about Dennis Allen and all the bullshit from like last season and, and mm-hmm. how sloppy the team was it's, we've you know we don't need to like re-legislate it but what's happening in atlanta if that happened in new orleans people would be on airline drive with pitchforks because like <laughs> arthur smith doesn't use his weapons like he doesn't nope. use Bijan robinson nope. he doesn't give him meaningful carries they've already had to bench desmond ritter they don't they're not capable of throwing the ball to kyle pitts who is you know, in case you don't know who Kyle Pitts is, the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Um, so he's like a big doo-doo head Nepo baby who sucks. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't know his dad founded FedEx. Yep, it's- Fred, Fred uh, Arthur Smith's dad is Frederick Smith, the um, founder of FedEx, uh, a billionaire a few times over. And uh, yeah, Arthur Smith got his uh, first job in coaching as an intern with the Redskins at FedEx field. So yeah. Um, shocking how that all worked out, but you know, all that is to say like on the macro level, the, <laughs> the, the NFC South is collapsing upon itself. Yep. And the saints the, are the Kings kind of, of the trash heap. They are. But I do think like, you know, my big not BS takeaway from this week is that we are trending in a positive direction. Yes. The offense is actually improving. Yes. And the defense is still pretty damn good. They're still in the top 10. Um, the yep. offense is like, as much as we complained about it, um, <laughs> we're ranked like 14th in like total offense, you know, yeah. like it's the offense is good enough to win pretty much every game left on the schedule, except for maybe the lions game. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bryce, um, Bryce just brought up the fact that the the coin, the magical coin that we discussed last week, is now nine and zero. Nine and zero in predicting games, um, and it, the the coin also predicted us to win against 
the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Lions before yeah. losing to the Giants, which would be that would be an incredible upset if that happened. <laughs> they just lost Daniel Jones for the year. Yeah. But like Sean, are you feeling the same way? Like, are you feeling positively? Cause like, it seems like the team, it took a while to get going, but now they are becoming what we kind of thought they would. Yeah. I, I would say things should be training pretty positively. I think you only had like maybe one penalty uh, this week as well. And that that's been a major, major bugaboo for the, the team this, uh, this year. We've obviously as our listener knows um, we've led the league in penalties this year. And that's just like widely accepted as a um, like Dennis Allen being a bad coach, just a manifestation of that. Um, but uh, yeah, if that's turning around and we're actually starting to use our, of weapons in more effective, efficient ways. I haven't like read too many film breakdowns yet, but uh, I mean, just I recall like a bunch of guys going in motion, Chris Olave being used out of the backfield and um, some more interesting routes uh, from from some of, some of our playmakers. Michael Thomas didn't get it uh, really targeted at all this game, but uh, some of the film has already shown that he was getting like doubled and triple teams for like almost the entire game, especially in the red zone. So, I mean, honestly, good on Derek Carr for not forcing it when it wasn't there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, things seem to be trending pretty well on offense. And uh, the defense has some, like, worrying indicators. Uh, the run defense um, is our biggest weakness again this year. I think we're 17th in run defense. So not, like, disastrous, but just middle of the road. Um, and when compared to the rest of the defense, that's, like – by far our biggest uh, weakness besides also our pass rush. Um, we're generating pressures, but not sacks. And so um, I know you had been a little frustrated that we didn't get a, uh, um, a pass rusher, the trade deadline. And I, I, I kind of go back and forth on that just because like, we don't have a ton of draft picks this upcoming year and uh, like, yeah, using like using them, especially when they might be kind of high, uh, especially that Broncos second rounder um, is like questionable. So so we'll see. And I still think I mean, I know Foskey um, hasn't really done anything this year. Is he hurt? Yeah. So I was I was going to bring that up. Another another thing that is knock on wood because it's going to have to change any moment, but. We're actually really healthy, right? Um, we went into the Bears game with basically all 22 starters and most key reserves, like good to go. Like we had some, like most of our inactive list were healthy scratches. Um, guys like Jimmy Graham, Nick Saldaberry, um, and uh, Jake Hinger also, but he wasn't seeing the field anyway. But <laughs> then coming out of the game, uh, the only two injury, the only two injuries we had were. Um, Kendra Miller, uh, unfortunately, I think he sprained his ankle. And then Isaiah Foskey um, has a thigh injury. I don't know if they know how severe it is yet, but it's not like a knee or anything. So, um, but then again, those guys were like our third stringers at their respective positions. So, knock on wood, we like continue this like super manageable schedule, um, relatively healthy uh, for now. And that's something we haven't had the last couple of years. And yeah. I mean, it's really reductive to say but like and i say it on a lot of our pods but it's like so true 
that, I mean, football is a sport of attrition and it's not shocking that like the best teams are usually the ones that just stay the healthiest. I mean, you can obviously debate like the, whether there's like skill involved in that or an individual or, or an organizational level. Um, but a lot of it like is just luck and uh, we haven't had luck um, the last couple of years. And so hopefully the injury bug is regressed to the mean um, yeah. to that extent. Also like our turnover luck has regressed positively to the mean um, major uh, green flag for us is that we lead we're tied for the league lead in turnovers, which uh, after last year is a much welcome sight. So we lead the league in interceptions tied with the Jaguars at turn with turnovers at 18. So um, that's a really great, really great sign that uh, the D's making a lot of plays and um, a lot of those, I mean, credit credits do uh, when credits due to DA, um, those coaching changes that he did make on the defensive staff seem to be paying off um, with maybe the possible exception of like the uh, Todd Grantham hire at D line um, to yeah. replace Ryan Nielsen, like our pass rushes. I mean, uh, yeah, not, uh, not been good as, as, as the closest uh, they got to, to the quarterback on Sunday was, old man cam jordan pretending to sack then retired matt ryan on the sideline yeah well cam jordan did have a sack uh yeah uh, against against uh the bajent uh the secret bajent secret bajent um, man then, uh and then old man fellow old man demario davis uh tapped back in the fountain of youth and got basically the game ceiling sack fumble yeah. um so that was pretty cool to see so um, but again, not that consistent. And, uh, um, I mean, as good as Carl Granderson's been this year and, and thank God we signed him when he did, cause that, oh, that yeah. deal continues to look like a steal. Um, he would have made a so. hundred million dollars on the open market. Yeah. Uh, crazy. But, um, but yeah. And uh, like a lot of it does come back to our schedule too. Like it's super manageable. Um, they here's here's a list uh, of the remaining quarterbacks on our schedule. Obviously, this is also a change. Josh Dobbs, who did have that electric win over the we'll, we'll the get Falcons. to the Vikings we'll, yes. shortly, but he scares me. Yes. Uh, the Taylor Taylor Heineke, who is probably still gonna be in for Desmond Ritter, Jared Goff, who's I mean, we know who he is. He's like solid, but I don't think enough Saints fans know what Jared Goff said about the no call. Like, yeah. he should be like public enemy number one. Yeah, I'm he sure Saints he doesn't Twitter will, have sympathy for us. I'm sure Saints Twitter will do their thing um, in next month when 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 they come to town. But uh, Bryce Young, who we've talked quite a bit about, uh, Tommy DeVito or Matt Barkley for the Giants. Um, with Daniel yeah. Jones out for the year. Well, do you think Tyrod Tyrod Taylor might be back? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Either either so, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's old. Right. Matthew Stafford. Um, if he's healthy again, I guess he's like maybe coming back. But like, dude, I think he's like cooked. Um, yeah. He was cooked the, last year. I think he's gonna be cooked this the year. The Rams uh, cut the quarterback that they started on Sunday. Ridiculous. Brett Rippon. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. They did they sign did Carson sign Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah. Thank you, so guys. they're 
they're at Carson Wentz levels of, of desperation right now. Baker Mayfield, who, yes, he did carve us up uh, in that game in the Dome, but, like, man, I just can't see lightning striking there twice. And, like, he's he's kind of famous for being hot to start seasons and then just, like, fading hardcore. And, like, they won they, – they, they haven't won a game since they beat us, and, and yeah. he's looked uh, pretty, pretty suspect. So um, not too, too worried about him. And then we close the season with Taylor Heineke of Desmond Ritter. So yeah. not exactly a, a murderer's row of quarterbacks. And like, if the offense is even slowly trending in the direction that we believe it should be and hopefully is, then we should have the quarterback advantage in all but maybe one of those games. And like Derek Carr, who we think he is, like that might even be a more of a, a toss-up uh, with him and Jared Goff uh, than than it, it than it is today, uh, and then we probably have the better defense uh, than almost every team that we play. So, um, I would say so. I the Lions kind of got off to a hot hot start yeah. on defense, and then the the Ravens just like massacred them right. and made them look silly. Yeah. I I don't think they would have done that to our defense. But who knows? No. Maybe um, doesn't matter. We so don't. We'll play see. Them. I mean, I, like, I'm still probably thinking like a ten and seven season would put that, and that would be a, a five and three finish with all those games I just listed. I think that's like reasonable, doable, and it would hit my FanDuel uh, season season win total prediction. <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny. I, I checked on it today, and they were offering me a cash out. Because they they think the Saints are like gonna like probably run through the schedule. I, I've got oh. the Saints ten win over ten wins and uh, winning the South, and both of those were offered to me to like cash out so at a profit. So it's just funny to, to, to that like even like Vegas is like uh, yeah the Saints are probably gonna run this like trash division so <laughs> and go yeah. on a bit of a run here. It's a it's a win-win really for us because either we do end up winning the division and we go to the playoffs and we have fun, right? That's like what we want at the end of the day. We just want to have fun. We want the team to be competitive and who knows if you sneak in or the other scenario is that we lose to these, these horrible teams. We have unforgivable losses and then people will get fired and things. Right. So, you know, that's kind of my Zen way of looking right. at things at the moment. And right. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those Saints fans who's like mad when the team wins. Like never. No. No. I, I you can you can not like DA and think he's not a good coach for this team and still not be mad when we win. Like um and if I, you know Okay, I'll, I'll I'll let you finish, and then I'll make no, it. no. I was just gonna say, like, I think being zen about it is probably the best way, the best course of action. That, like, look, if Da is bad, or at least as bad as you believe him to be, then like the losses will come, and like teams <laughs> can only win in spite of their coach for like so long, right? Um, and like. I think we're past that point. Oh, well, I don't know. We'll see. But we haven't like started like 
firing off all these like crazy wins, like regardless of because or in spite of DA, but I don't know. It's going to bear itself out either way. And I, I just, yeah, I'm I'm not going to stress out about it. I, I, my feelings about DA have started to crystallize this season. And I think, I think he is a passable head coach with a good offense, like with a good offensive coordinator, like, no, Bryce, we do not celebrate his 20th win because there's, there's like three times as many losses. <laughs> well, we can celebrate when he gets to 500 as a head coach because at that point we might actually be like a dynasty. <laughs> We'd have to win so many more games. But <laughs> like we can win if he has a decent offense. Like he, I, we're not going to do better. Like with a with a replacement at defensive coordinator, like yeah. if we had to start over, there would be some pretty rough years potentially. Like we're not just going to hire the next Sean Payton and be ten and six and in the NFC Championship again. Um, right. And maybe Carmichael figured it out. Maybe Carr figured it out. And like that actually is the best case scenario. I think. Yeah. That this team finds a way to be competitive and surprise some people when yeah. we play actual good teams in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I, I'm still obviously not like sold on DA. Like I think until I'm proven, until he proves me wrong, like I think he's at best, like an average coach, but like, like the thing is I do believe he's like arguably the best events of mind in the NFL like a top three at worst. Yeah. And like, you can't take that away from him. That's like, that's like very commendable, but being a head coach is so much more than that. Like you have to, it's really hard. Like what separates average coaches from the, the best coaches and good coaches is that they can build competent to good staff and player personnel on the side of the ball that their expertise is not in. And that's, I mean, as great as Sean Payton was like, he barely fielded, like he, he didn't feel a competent defense until DA showed up really. And I mean, besides like the few years with uh, Greg Williams, I mean, and even those defenses were a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but they were not top um, 10 defenses. Right. So, I actually, we'd have to go look this up, but I think his first defense in 2006 under Gary Gibbs was a top 10 defense. I, it was, it yeah. was very close to being in the top 10. Well, yeah, because our, our offense wasn't even, wasn't that good that year, I don't think. No, it um, wasn't. So, but then the defense fell off a cliff uh, in, in 07 and 08. So, um, yeah, well, that's what you, ha- that's what happens when you sign Kevin Kaysvahar. Kevin and, uh, it was a little cornerback from uh, Indianapolis who Jason, Jason Deep Toast David. I'll never forget That's right. Jason David. That's right. So, um, you know, I say all this and then we'll, we're going to let Josh Dobbs run for 250 right. yards and I'll be like ready to jump off of a cliff next week. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing is like, as like I can be happy about the win, but this team has had so many 
I mean, not to use the term, like pardon the, the expression, but like false starts in the last two years that where like, even if we win two in a row, we'll have like a crushing loss. Um, that like, and like we're beating these teams that we're supposed to beat in like not necessarily dominant fashion. So it's like, if, if we beat the Vikings and even like look pretty decent doing it, like I'll feel good going into the bye week. But um, I just like having any level of confidence in this team though, I feel is dangerous, I guess you could say. Yeah. Just because I, they have let us right. down so many times in the recent past. I remain cautiously optimistic. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Cautious optimism and like keeping an eye out for those leading indicators like health, the turnovers, um, offensive creativity. Those are all encouraging. Um, we basically have two and a half weeks of competent offense. And in all three of those games, they uh, figured out how to use Taysom Hill. Yes. I really think that's part of the, I like, like I, we should just, you know, use him instead of Jamal Williams, in my opinion. Like, who cares if nobody can stop it? Like, I, I still want to see the, yeah, the zone read um, with, with both of them. Um, okay, so Bryce has supplied us with the, uh, the 2006 rankings. The offense was fifth and the defense was 13th. So very close to being a top 10 defense. Right. Offense yeah. was better than I thought. It was. Then it ran into that Bears defense, though, and got shut down mostly. Yeah. But, um, do you, shall we talk about but, uh, the, uh, the Vikings game? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Real quick, we need to give Paulson Adebo a shout-out for oh my God. Yeah. the greatest game of his life. Um, and then, like, one thing I – mean, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but, like, the thing that was the most BS – to me about this game. This is bullshit. 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 That's some bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. 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 It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Bullshit! That was bullshit! See, now that's some bullshit. Was Michael Thomas's goose egg. Because <laughs> I, was in well, I was forced to play him in fantasy because of the bye weeks. He's usually good for exactly 8 to 12 points. And uh, he was targeted a few times, but it killed me. It yeah. uh, fucking killed me. I lost because um, he didn't do anything. And it's not his fault. I love Michael Thomas. But god damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll call BS on Blake Groupie missing another clutch kick. Um, I think, like, statistically, he's been, like, fine. Uh, and just in terms of his like raw, like statistics, I think he's eighteen of twenty three this year. Okay. Yeah, which is not great. Yeah, well, Lutz is better. Lutz, is yeah, better. yeah, Lutz has been better, which is definitely unfortunate. But um, but he's missed some a couple clutch kicks now. I mean that Green Bay game, and um, I feel like there was another one that just doesn't immediately come to mind. But uh, yeah, we had a chance to go up ten. And uh, 
not have the end of this game be as stressful as it ended up being. I mean, thankfully the defense just like completely put the clamps on um, on the Bears and like brought Tyson Bajan back down to earth. Um, but yeah, Blake Groupie really needs to fucking step his shit up. And I mean, DA, I mean, credit DA, he said like, we're not bringing anyone in yet. Um, but like, this is not a, like, this is like a business, like it's not about feelings and like, yeah, he basically like put like groupie on notice. So hopefully that, that works. Um, and then, yeah, the offense, uh, yeah, we talked about the, uh, O-line still struggling run blocking. Um, the downfield passing hasn't been great. Um, we threw another stupid fade route on a third down. Yeah. It was like a third and two and we threw a fade route. Yeah. Just floated out of bounds. Yeah, Pete Carmichael's play calling that that still hasn't been ideal. Um, not great situational awareness in the play calling department. Like calling these like lower percentage routes on like third and pretty makeable, um, and like throw a throw a slant to Michael Thomas. Um, and if it's not yeah. there, then I don't know. Like or like run call like a manageable running play and if, and if you're in the right field goal position the right field position maybe it's fourth and, and manageable then but throwing like a low completion pass and like having to be fourth and six where like you're not going to go for it um yeah that's that's frustrating so I, i'm still there have been some improvements from pete but I'm, I'm still not fully sold on him um i think maybe the best if not most likely outcome is that the offense does improve enough for us to yeah go like 10 and 7 11 and 6 maybe like we'll see what happens in the playoffs but then he takes a step back if not like leaves in the offseason and we try to like really modernize the offense um my i i think i've mentioned it before um but my probably my ideal candidate for the next guy running the Saints offense, whether as our like fully empowered OC or maybe even new head coach is uh I really like Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. Um I'm, I think we've talked about it before, but he was our assistant offensive line coach from like twenty ten to twenty sixteen. So uh or twenty fourteen. Um but uh so he like is known in the building by the powers that be yeah. um is familiar with the Peyton offense but is currently helping run the Mike McDaniels version of the Kyle Shanahan offense. So like all that creativity. And he was actually um, the tight end coach in Oakland on, with Derek Carr for a handful of years. So they have some familiarity too. So a ton of synergies there and um, encouraging uh, resume points for him. So we'll see. I want to score 70 points. Yeah, that'd be nice. But um, I mean, no offense is perfect, though. Uh, the The Dolphins have kind of developed a nasty reputation of like they're very hot, not being able to function against teams that actually have a pulse. Like they're basically like maybe that offense isn't as like fundamentally sound and, and a little bit of smoke and mirrors. But we can have that debate another day. So um, yeah, I'll say went to Germany and got pounded yeah. by the Chiefs. The Kaiser Chiefs in Germany, like uh, there was some weird sex club, but yeah, they went to a club. Jesus, and, well, the men we on each other. Vikings. Speaking <laughs> of uh, 
aggressive Europeans. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the line is for that game, but I would imagine the, you know, that's, that, that's a tough one to handicap because the Vikings are really banged up, but at the same time, they're a playoff team right now. And we're, we're currently favored on the road by two and a half. Okay. So, um, so Vegas sees it as being pretty close, basically a toss up. Like Josh Dobbs, AKA Josh Dubs was the starter in Arizona. They traded for him during training camp. They only won one game, but it was against the Cowboys and they blew out the Cowboys. Um, and he looked pretty good as the Cardinals starter. He likes to run. He came off the bench with like no preparation against the Falcons and beat them last yep. week. And he, like if Tyson Bagent can make our defense look bad, I am fearful of what Josh Dobbs can do. Um, he's not a bad quarterback. And Jordan Addison is a good receiver. Like they have some talent. And I do worry, and we, we also don't play very well in Minnesota historically. Like I kind of worry that this is a game, like on paper, it's like, oh yeah, they're hurt. You know, they lost Jordan Jefferson or just, oh God. I hope they never had Jordan Jefferson. I would never inflict Jordan Jefferson upon a team. They lost Justin Jefferson. They lost Cam Akers to a torn Achilles last week. Like, but I don't know. I what do you think, Sean? I'm a little worried about this one. Yeah, I mean, um, we've definitely struggled with uh, quarterbacks who can, like, at least maybe not entirely like running quarterbacks per se, but guys who can move the chains when they're their feet and at least break break the the break the pocket and uh like if the, if the defense isn't disciplined in their rush lanes and uh, lose contain um be a little dangerous that, that we have struggled with that but at the same time um i don't know i feel like a lot of this josh dobbs story like he didn't like all of a sudden become like an amazing quarterback like he's been in the league like a backup in the league for like seven years and um, <laughs> I do feel like some of what happened against the Falcons was like kind of just like, I don't want to say like a Cinderella story, but like just him just kind of improvising on instincts and there's no film on him in their system. And uh, I think he'll probably come back down to earth and like, yeah, he'll make some plays, but uh, I think, I don't think he's going to like tear us up. I mean, maybe that's going to come back to bite us, but, but we'll see. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, Cam Akers is out for the year. Alexander Madison is their number one back, but he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown all year, he averaging 3.6 yard, yards a carry. Um, so hopefully our run defense has a bounce back game. Justin Jefferson, uh, by all reports, is not going to play. Uh, I guess TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison are their other two big uh, bigger receiving threats. I mean, Jordan Addison has seven touchdowns. I didn't realize that. Jordan Addison made the 49ers defense look like a bunch of little kids playing yeah. against adults in uh, mascot uniforms. So we'll see. I, I think – I think – They also lost K.J. Osborne. I mean, he that's right. he might play, but he got jacked up and, like, was out cold on the field. I think Marshawn will get up for that matchup, though. Um, and 
And I don't know. I, I'm just not that impressed by them. Um, I did not realize Daniel Hunter already has 10 sacks. That's crazy. Yeah, he um, might be a game wrecker. Like if he bullies uh, – is Penning is still benched, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess we don't have to worry about him getting – Right, him. right. Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to be going against Andrews Pete, though, so that could be a that could be a struggle. Marcus Davenport has two sacks for them. Good for him. Um, man, yeah. So – You know, know what though? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to bet against the coin. The coin says we're going to win. The coin says we're going to win. I think we're going to win. Maybe I think we'll cover the spread this week. I think we win by ten. I'll say we win uh, twenty-seven to seventeen. Twenty-seven seventeen. What the Bears' score should have been. I'm going to say twenty-seven twenty-four. Saints. Closer. We cover, but we'll be closer. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Josh Dobbs, yeah, maybe he gets loose for like a touchdown and they Bryce suggested that we, we we take a shot every time the broadcast mentions that he's a rocket scientist. Um, yes, which I think is pa- a good the astronaut. It's a good oh, that's a great nickname. It's a it's a good segue into my um, thoughts about the state of play-by-play announcers these days. They just say the same bullshit over and over. It's awful. They do. Like, I would I would rather just not have them. Like, why do we waste money on them? Like, nobody... most A lot of people in big cities, like LA, New York, Phoenix, Houston, where we all live, like, they're probably watching games at a bar. Like, they don't care about what, like... Iron Eagle says, "Like, who gives a shit?" You know, and I don't know. I'm going on a rant here, but like, why are we still paying sideline reporters? What do they do? Like, what I, exactly are you doing down there on the field besides watching a game and getting paid for it? I I think there is some value in sideline reporters who can um, like get injury scoop and like kind of like tell the vibe of a sideline. Um, I feel like they, they, they'll they'll drop some good nuggets every now and then. You don't think a camera can get the vibe of the sideline by no. just like having the players in the frame? No, man. I mean, if like two players are like yelling at each other, like <laughs> you can get some 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 good scoops. So uh, I'll push back on that. Um, yeah, but uh, that's that's pretty much all I've got. I think sideline reporters are more fun when. Uh, when Joe Namath was trying to make out with them on national TV. Uh, I couldn't couldn't (laughs) give a damn about this team struggling. I just want to kiss you. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah. Um, On that note, we should get out of here. Um, Oh, but before we go, uh, Allison's not with us, but we should mention that now other people are noticing Dennis Allen's die job. I mean, his hair is, you know, as they say in, in the Game of Thrones genealogy book, it's black as night, where before it was gray. Um, look, man, you do you, DA. If it if dyeing your hair, if, if Just for Men or whatever is going to give you, like, the swag you need to win, then, like, go for it. 
wear a toupee, wear a fake beard, dye your hair, use a Swedish made penis enlarger pump, like black and gold BS is brought to you by AGI specialty valves, the pump protection valve experts. With over 35 years of experience, AGI Specialty Valves is the number one supplier of automatic recirculation valves for pump protection. Don't let preventable pump failures cost you. Contact AGI Specialty Valves at 832-485-0003 or info at agivalves.com. Black and Gold BS is brought to you by Zapardo's Family Market, the perfect blueprint for good ownership. They listen to their customers, make changes, and aren't afraid of a fire sale. Unlike the ownership on airline drive, doesn't have to be exactly that, but feel like there's something there. Much like a way with fine groceries and other Epicurean meats, it's a part of the family markets. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm hungry. So all that talk about Zapardo's made me hungry. Um, Much like the Saints are hungry for victory this Sunday in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. For Sean and Allison. I'm Bryce, I'm Jacob, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. And until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?